What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison, and you can follow everything that we're doing over at thepewterplank.com. And make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at the Peter Plank, at jyarko underscore bucks, and at dh82 underscore bucks. Well, round one is in the books, and the Buccaneers made a big move, dropping from number seven to number 12, and in the process, acquiring two second-round picks from the Buffalo Bills. So that means the Buccaneers went from having the number seven pick and the number 38 pick to having the number 12, number 38, number 53, and number 56 picks. David, it wasn't as big of a haul as we were hoping, but the Bills were adamant about not giving up both of their first-round picks in order to move up. But still, you know the Buccaneers didn't have a day-three pick. Now they pick up two more second-round picks. They have some maneuverability because there's still holes on the team, obviously. The Buccaneers had the one first-round pick, and they used it on defensive tackle Vita Vea out of Washington, which was kind of a kind of a surprise. Uh, I know a lot of people were happy. A lot of people were incredibly upset because Derwin James fell right into their lap at 12. He ends up going to the San Diego Chargers, and I believe it was 17. But you have to you have to love what Jason Light's doing. You look at the model of the Philadelphia Eagles from last year. They win the Super Bowl by having a dominant pass rush, a dominant front on the defensive line that they were constantly rotating guys in and out of, keeping them fresh. They were fresh all game long. You know, defensive line was a huge glaring need coming into this offseason. Yes, they addressed it with Vinnie Curry and Jason Pierre-Paul and Bo Allen, but they weren't done yet. You know, Bo Allen is kind of a lateral move from Chris Baker. We think he has a higher motor and he's going to be more productive because Chris Baker is just a lazy, fat slob. But I understand the pick of Vita Vea. I'm certainly not upset. I'm not angry. I think it was a smart move all in all. And Vea is a monster. He is a beast. Somebody put a, a video of him up on Twitter of practice where he literally threw a guy five yards with one hand. Like that's the kind of pressure he's going to be bringing. So now you're in a situation where you're you're double teaming Gerald McCoy. Now Vita Vea is one on one. If you're doubling Vita Vea, you got Jason Pierre Paul and Vinnie Curry coming off the edges. I understand the need at, at at defensive back, at corner and safety, but when the NFC South quarterbacks are laying flat on their butts because they only have you know two point two seconds to get rid of the ball, good things are going to happen. You, you help the secondary by improving the pass rush. So I don't hate the pick. I, I'm not in love with the pick, but I do like it. I think it was a smart pick. I think it was a solid pick. And now the Buccaneers have three more picks in the first half of, of tomorrow's action to be able to still address running back, cornerback, safety, offensive line, whatever may happen to fall in their lap. But what was your initial takeaway i know we were in our group chat and you said you know here comes derwin james and then you and i almost simultaneously both went um or not you know what what do you think of the the selection of vita vea at number 12 so the selection of vita vea at 12 is really only about 10 15 of my reaction really like vita vea himself uh, i told you this offline i guess in private uh i don't know we never really talked about him to be honest with you on the podcast and i think really uh, I don't know if I want to take all the full ownership of that, but I really, I mean, like, I don't mind Vita Vea. And I think the biggest reason I'm happy with this pick is because he's not going to be expected to be the entire defensive line. Like, he's not expected to come in and be the man on the defensive line. He's got Jerome McCoy there. He's got Jason Pierre-Paul. 
He's got what I presume would be Vinny Curry, you know, on the on the other edge, starting with him. So he's going to come in and be a piece. He's not going to come in and be the defensive line. He's not coming in to be Gerald McCoy. He's not coming in to be Indomitian Sue, Haloti Nada, you know what I mean, and so on and so forth. So that's where I like the pick. Vita Vea in a vacuum, I don't believe is a top 15 defensive lineman. I just I just don't. Um, when I watched him in Washington, there's no denying his his ability, and I'm definitely in no way, shape, or form calling the guy lazy. Don't get me wrong. But he just – it felt like there wasn't enough motor unless it was like a big moment, which, of course, you want the guys there to show up in the big moments, right? That's where some Buccaneers fans really get on Gerald McCoy – is in the late game situations and all that stuff. He's not showing up. Well, bringing a guy like Vita Vea into the fold is going to free up Gerald McCoy a little bit more than he usually is to be present in the fourth quarter. But what I saw from, from Vita Vea in Washington was, unless it was like third, third down and eight, third down and eight and greater, an obvious passing situation, or it was like a, a tight score later in the game or you know they're pushed back into the red zone. Like He just seemed to disappear a little bit on first and second downs and then really wanted to show up on third down. And I get, you know, all the kudos in the world for showing up on those third down situations in those key red zone areas and all that. But in the NFL, you want to keep them from getting in those situations in the first place. Like you don't want them to get in scoring position. You don't want the game to be that tight. I mean, the the there's enough parity in the league as there is without having players who aren't driving as hard, uh, you know, all the time. And I don't expect players like you can't give 100 percent on every snap or else by the end of the, the first half, you're going to be tanked. So I got that, you know, like nobody gives 110% in real life on every snap. Like that's just not how this is going to work. There are certain roles that you have to play in certain play calls where your job isn't necessarily to get to the quarterback. Your job is to eat blocks. Well, if you're just eating blocks, you're going to let those dudes engage you and you're going to eat those blocks. So you're not really putting putting out 110% muscle strength, if that makes sense, right? So it's not an effort thing so much as it is. I just think there's a second gear that Vita Vea has that what he needs to learn is how to find that second gear when it doesn't naturally come with uh, adrenaline. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's the small part of my reaction, right? No problem with the pick, really. Uh, I thought it was going to be Derwin James. Like, as the picks were going and, like, Miami came on the clock and they didn't take Derwin James, I really thought Miami was going to take Vita Vea, to be honest with you. I would have made a lot of sense for sure. Yeah. And and for those who don't know, like I'm doing the – we call it breaking news, right? It's break. Everybody knows it's breaking at the same time. But I'm doing the immediate post just informative here's who they took you know here's kind of who the guy is stuff like that for our site i'm not gonna lie to you guys i had when when the when the dolphins news broke uh because those of you who are on twitter know the the news hits twitter before it hits the tv screen so as soon as twitter started flooding hey uh you know the dolphins took uh whoever they took i can't even remember anymore who they took uh mika fitzpatrick i was like okay cool so i'm polishing up derwin james i'm like all right headline derwin james on the bucks Da, da, da. Here's some here's some stuff about Derwin James. Here's how I think that he's going to impact the team. And then I start seeing on on Twitter again. I think I, I actually think I heard Trevor on the Pewter Reports live cast on on YouTube say before anything else, oh they're they're grabbing Vita Vea, and I was like, whoa. So I quick fast in a hurry as fast as I could went through, changed it to Vita Vea. You know, luckily I, I knew about him even though we never really talked about him. But that's how much of a surprise it was for me just in that situation. I really did not see Vita Vea being the pick. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm disappointed in it. It's just not kind of where I expected things to go. And if you read my mock this morning, you saw that because I even said it specifically, like Jason Light has done a lot of work in the trenches, um, even with only the one signing on in the trenches in the offensive side of the line. That one signing did a lot for the Buccaneers offensive line. 
So I kind of felt like he was setting himself up to be able to go outside the trenches a little bit early in the draft. So that's why it was kind of a surprise to me. But what I my reaction really to this is the trade itself, like the what, what the draft capital that Jason like got back. Because the way I'm looking at this, right? And I know we we hope to get a little bit more out of it. I think it was a situation where Buffalo kind of knew, like, hey, Jason, you really don't want to make a pick here. And we do want to move up and take a guy. So, yeah, we need you, but you also need us a little bit. So let's not get crazy. And I think that's why, you know, maybe we need the haul that some people thought we would. But here's the thing. In, in true Kevin Costner draft day uh, <laughs> uh, magic, right? Listen, listen to what I'm about to say. Jason Light took three draft picks in the first three rounds, right? When the offseason started, that's what they had. They had three draft picks in the first three rounds. And what he did is he took some movie magic. He sprinkled it over those three picks. And he turned that into Vita Vea, Jason Pierre-Paul, and three more picks in the top 60. So you had three picks in the top. Let me get it. Let me get it for you real quick. You had going into this three picks in the top 70. And Jason White turned those three picks in the top 70 into Jason Pierre-Paul and four picks in the top 60. That's a great point. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm 100% in love with this draft pick because, and this is kind of what I was saying before. Like I I told you and and Scott right on the previous episode that even if Nelson's on the board, I want the team to trade back. And this is why, because even Nelson's on the board, like I got, this looks a little bit different when, if Nelson's on the board, but if Nelson's on the board and you still do the same thing, you turn three picks in the top 70 into four picks in the top 70 and Jason Pierre, Paul, even though Quentin Nelson's on the board, that's still a good deal. Like, that's that's still a win, you know what I mean? So trading back, there's really no loss there. Now, of course, three years from now, like Vita Vea's, you know, Chris Baker version two, and whoever they take in round two is a bust. Like, I got it. Yeah, okay, so it could turn into a loss. Got it. Oh, and don't forget to throw in that Derwin James is an all-pro and the FSU yeah, Derwin fans James is an all-pro still chirping and Angeles which, by the way, guys, Derwin Such James going to Los Angeles him. Chargers is huge. Yeah, that, like... He has a chance to become what what Florida State fans hoped he would in Tampa because he's playing with the Los Angeles Chargers because he's got Melvin Ingram, Joey Bosa, Casey Hayward, like the and the, like uh, uh, who's oh, I'm forgetting his name starts with a V. Jason Verrett, like that he has such a good defense that he's walking into that he can't like he really can't fail like with his athletic skill and his ability already he really can't fail and all of those guys there like. Derwin James already has has glowing leadership comments, right? Maturity comments. Like he's a great dude on the field. He's a great teammate. He's a great worker and all that stuff. He's walking into a locker room where not only is he not going to be expected to be the alpha, but he's going to be expected to join a group of leaders and become like a cell of leadership on the deep. Like that defense is going to be crazy. Like I don't know, I'm already drafting that defense in fantasy football right now. You know what I mean? Like, and by He's the way, not going to be asked right? in, in Los Angeles to be the savior of the secondary no. the way he would have been here. The right. microscope is not going to be you know, as big on him in L.A. as it would have been in Tampa. Sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to throw that in there. No, you're, you're great. No, that's fine. And you, what you said is exactly right. And I tweeted out from the Lockdown Bucks podcast uh, Twitter account uh, earlier today, but AFC West quarterbacks, like you all just took a huge loss today because – you got Bradley Chubb breathing down your neck now, and you got Derwin James back there with the Chargers waiting to pick you off while Joey Bosa's breathing down your neck. So if you're not, if you're if you're 
uh, Case Keenum and your uh, who's the uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Pat Mahomes. Huh, I feel bad for you. I'm sorry. Yeah, how happy like, is Alex Smith right now that he's right? in Washington? <laughs> exactly. Like schedule. If you're one of those two quarterbacks in the AFC West, schedule your your re- your, re- your rehabilitation uh, schedule now. Like just start it now. Start getting the cryo chamber. Now you haven't even played. Just get in the cryo chamber now to get that pre cryo chamber going. That's going to be a brutal schedule for AFC West quarterbacks. So that's my thoughts on the on the pick. It's, and like I said, it's more about the trade than it is the pick. But I don't want to sound like I'm down on the pick. Like I know Mark Cook has has not hidden his disdain for this pick. I'm not where Mark I'm Cook so is. Angry. Yeah, I still would have gone Derwin James, but I'm not like angry that they went Vita Vea, and I'm excited to see what Vita Vea is going to do. And I don't know. Like I kind of feel vindicated. Like I, I've been, I've been, I've actually been called out on Twitter, being like, "Oh, you're just a." Like a Jason, like Jason Light's paying you or something. Like I wish Jason Light was paying me to say he's great. I would do it even more than I do already. But today, this whole offseason, I think has just proven why I have so much confidence in Jason Light. And I don't think I saw. Like I know there's some people who don't like Vita Vea's pick, but there's nobody that can be angry with the trade with what he's done. Like you can't logically, like if you, if you don't like what Jason Light has done this offseason, you just don't like Jason Light. Like, there's nothing he can do. He could pay your mortgage, and you're gonna be like, ah. I still don't like the dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that, that, like he could build you a pool to jump in when the Buccaneers win. You're like, eh, uh, the water could be warmer. Like you're just that guy. So there's no getting through to you. So I don't really care about you. But if you are a real like football person and you're watching this team from an objective standpoint, like a Chef Aaron, how many uh, how many angry tweets have we seen from Chef Aaron during the 2017 season, parts of this cool. offseason when guys you know didn't get traded to the Buccaneers, so on and so forth. Today, that dude is on fire. Like today, that dude is like, I love this pick. I love this trade. I love Jason Light. I love all this stuff <laughs> happening. Until the, like, I think it was the, I can't remember which pick it was, but some team picked somebody he wanted for the Bucks, And that's the only time I saw anger at Chef Aaron today. Oh, uh, it was, so, it was the same reaction that I had when my favorite player in the draft the went to the New England Patriots. And yeah. yeah, he was not happy that we missed on Sony Michelle. I'm so upset. No, oh, yeah. Dude, oh. they got Isaiah Wynn and Sony Michelle. I like, know. Tom Brady's going to play till he's 50 with that, with that lineup, like crazy, but, but, and we only have a few minutes left. (laughs) The Buccaneers have four picks in between the beginning of round two and their selection. Yeah. They're all owned by Cleveland and Indianapolis. And Darius Geis is still out there. Yep. So you and I had said over and over and over, trading down with the Buffalo Bills was the dream. Yeah. It wasn't the exact return that we said the dream was, but our dream came true. So I'm going to lay it out here right now. Here's the dream. Take one of those picks from Buffalo if you have to. Worst case scenario, if you have to. If not, take your fourth round pick. You swapped with the Giants, so you have the second pick in the fourth round, the second pick in, in day three. Move up, swap with Indianapolis for for number 34. Take Darius Geis. Please take Darius Geis at the top of the second round. Then, then we're coming back at 53 and everybody's still screaming, we need secondary, we need secondary. Could the Bucks really get your boy, Dante Jackson? with one of those two Buffalo Bills second round picks like is this is this a legit possibility it def it definitely is yeah i mean it's it's definitely uh, a possibility and i know that listening to Trevor today on the on the purecast uh live cast it, it's not something that he's a fan of he thinks uh 
Dante fits better as a nickel, which uh, is is fair. I mean, he's smaller, but I think that what he what he lacks in size, he makes up for in in just raw ability and tenacity. So I kind of like it. But yeah, looking at I mean, looking at the trade chart, looking at the, you know the Jimmy Johnson value chart and all that stuff, I know that doesn't necessarily always equate exactly. Yeah, I mean, trading that thirty eighth pick and trading, like you said, that that hundred and second pick definitely makes sense and definitely meets the value. And I think actually Cleveland would probably have to throw in like their one of their fifth round picks or something like that, like throw in one fifty or something like that to even even out a little bit, meaning that Jason Light can still come back deeper in the round where he almost sums it seems like he in the later rounds he does some of his best work. So yeah, I mean that would that would be a great option. I still think Cleveland is a threat to take a running back though. Both to be teams completely are. honest. Both the Browns uh, and the Colts are threats. Now we were right. just talking about it in the group chat. I think the Colts double up on defense here. Mm-hmm. I think if Harold Landry is still there, he is a shoe in for the number 34 pick. And then yeah. you're looking at a defensive back of some sort. I think Indianapolis goes corner or safety. They may go running back. I know um, Reich and Ballard, right? Ballard's the GM. Mm-hmm. They they want one of those three down backs, which Marlon Mack is not. So yeah. they are a threat there for Geis or Chubb. Cleveland with the two picks are a threat for Geis or Chubb. But keep in mind, Cleveland also just signed uh, your boy Hyde. Yeah. So they may they may wait for one of those value running backs in round three or four, one of those change of pace guys, because you know, Geis and and Chubb are more of the bruisers, more of the physical backs. They're not the blazing speed like Rashad Penny was. I cannot believe he went as high as he did. Yeah. But they're not the blazing speed guys to complement Hyde. So they may steer away from those two, but definitely both teams, all four of these picks to start off the, the beginning of the second round are legit threats to Tampa Bay being able to take Chubb or guys. So I think uh, Cleveland, they went offense and defense in the first round. I think they're going to do the same thing in the second round and they're going to one on each side of the ball. And I think the names to watch for Cleveland are going to be Will Hernandez and Josh Jackson. Yep. Um, I think those are the two picks they make if they're available. I also think Will Hernandez, I think, so let's mock this out real quick, right? Like we got like one minute left, but let's, <laughs> let's shoot this out there real quick. Right. So like Cleveland takes Will Hernandez. And he took Quentin story. Nelson. Yeah. And he took Nelson. So they're not taking Hernandez. So if I'm Cleveland, I can leave Hernandez on the board there at the top of the second round. Cause I know that Indianapolis isn't taking, but are the giants going to take him? The giants might take him. I don't know. Like if, if I'm Cleveland, I kind of I'm going to hedge my bets that the Giants are taking a quarterback. They're taking Mason Rudolph in the second round. So I'm probably going Hernandez and then the Giants go Rudolph and then I come back as Cleveland and I go uh, Josh Jackson and get my corner out there. And then for the Colts, I think Nick Chubb fits what they're wanting. Like I do. Darius Geis almost I don't want to say erases, but he kind of almost erases Marlon Mack because Darius Geis can really do pretty much everything Marlon Mack can do. Whereas Nick Chubb is more of a complimentary piece. So now as an offense, you can clearly define two roles, clearly define packages, clearly define situations and develop both guys and see which one comes out on top at the end of the day. Right. And then Josh Sweat. Like I think Josh Sweat is a huge uh, and, and Harold Landry. I mean, either one of those guys, Landry or Sweat is really a guy that Indianapolis can take and they need pass rush. Like everybody knows if you. That, yeah, you you know what? You're not even lying. Like they might take both because if if the Colts can make their pass rush legitimate, 
it's going to make the back end of their defense look so much better. And don't forget, Malik Hooker got hurt in his rookie mm-hmm. season. So he's coming back off injury, and everybody kind of knows what he could do. So really, the Buccaneers may not even need to trade trade up, and you might still sit there with Darius Geis and Nick Chubb. And if, let's say, like, they're not – so no more than two, right? So Darius Geis and Nick Chubb are the only running backs that could possibly come off the board. The Giants are not taking one, right? Like, at me if you want to argue, argue that. So if you let those two go, you're not sitting – where we want them to sit, but you still got Ronald Jones out there. You still got Bo Scarborough out there. You still got John Kelly. You still got uh what's his name? Watson, I think, right? From from Miami, who I don't like, Walton. but Walton, yeah. Like I don't yeah. like him, but there's a lot of people who do like him. So I completely forgot about Jones. The yeah. Bucks are so set they the can Bucks... they don't have to trade up and they will get one of the three best right. remaining running backs who is yep. a feature back. You're right. You're right. You just they talked me off the to. ledge. But you know what? Like, I kind of still want them to. Like, honestly, like, I, 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 I still kind of want them to trade up for 35. I don't want them to trade to 33. I want them to trade to 35 because I don't think Cleveland's taking a running back. Indy might take a running back. So let's get it 35, which drops the point, point values a little bit, right? So now maybe if I'm Jason Light, I give up 38 and I give up like my sixth. Maybe I, I don't have the point chart in front of me, but maybe I give up my sixth. And so now I still have two seconds, a fourth, a fifth, and there's no seventh, right? I don't think, do they have a seventh? I think they have a compensatory seventh. Uh, they um, traded the compensatory, but they haven't uh, their original seventh. Okay, so either way, you still have you still have your two seconds left, and now you have your choice. Because like we said, New York Giants aren't taking a running back. I don't see Cleveland taking a running back at 33. So if you can get them out of 35, uh, which I don't see why they wouldn't do that, because they're in the same boat, right? Like, okay, we traded 35 with Tampa. We moved to 38. Again, worst case scenario, we get Ronald Jones. Best case scenario, we get either Nick Chubb or Darius Guys, who the, whichever they don't pick, right? Um, and now like, kind of like what you said, you control your own destiny and, and the way the board fell with Rashad Penny going and Sony Michelle going ahead of Darius guys that really, uh, really impacts the Buccaneers and helps them a whole lot. So yeah, man, like excited. I'm super excited for tomorrow. I can't wait. Oh, well, you mean tonight? Uh, yes. Tonight is exactly what I meant. (laughs) That's what I said. We're living in the future, David. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. We're going to be back on tomorrow morning. We'll recap rounds two and three. Who knows? Jason light might take some more of that movie magic, sprinkle it around and end up with a third round pick as well. But we'll be back to recap the, uh, the picks that the Buccaneers have. Cause we know going into tonight, they have at least three, you know, and, and as David and I laid out, they might be making some more moves, you know, never count, never count Jason light out, but uh until then make sure you're checking out everything over at the pewterplank.com by the time you're listening to this there will be the three things you need to know about vita vea from our writer bailey adams he did an mm-hmm. awesome job with that it was a fun read um i enjoyed getting to read it before everybody else because i had to edit it and make sure you're following along on twitter david is rocking the at locked on bucks account during these uh you know, these wonderful, crazy draft moments. Uh, I'm over at thepewterplank.com. And then, of course, you can follow us on our personal accounts at jayarco underscore bucks and at dh82 underscore bucks. Hope you all have a wonderful Friday. Enjoy the excitement that is Vita Vea. Get excited if you're not already. FSU fans, cry me a river, build a bridge, get over it. We didn't draft a Seminole. You're going to be okay. I like the JT reference. Considering hey, what time it is. You you do know what time it is. It's gonna be <laughs> May. And Bucks fans get excited for the three picks coming up tonight. Thank you all so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks. Yeah.
Now I could put you in the passenger seat while we smashing the Jeep. Joe and Zay in the back, both passing the weed. Puff one, puff two, pass and repeat. Nah, I don't smoke. Pass me the drink. Now as we proceed to get functified, riding the streets, getting on tonight. No, we ain't going home tonight. You know how we do. We get Oakland live. I'm just riding, chilling. This is how I'm living. Watch me swerving, getting no tickets. Put your blunts up if you.